Welcome one and all to episode 317 of the Signals from Mars podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And during this episode, we have another hour one music discussion. We touch upon a lot of different topics, a lot of hot topics in hard rock and metal. And I'm joined by a bunch of different patrons, by Johan, by Jeremy, by Brad. Next. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, so during this episode, we discuss the new Metallica song, Scream Suicide, the No Playback Festival, bands like Journey airing their dirty laundry in public, and we also touch upon the whole Kate Blanchett and um, Margot Robbie thing that happened over on the Graham Norman show in the, or Graham Norton, is it, in the UK? Apologize. Obviously, I'm not up to speed with that. Um, again, a bunch of my patrons join me. We have a new patron, Sean Richmond. Welcome aboard. Uh, you're already added to the new outro during the video for Signals from Mars, the live stream, and for the album of the week, which is part of Patreon. It's just one of the perks. Uh, that uh, you receive for, or you have access to, for as little as $2 a month. You can get that album of the month, or album of the week, excuse me. You could get the access to these hour one discussions that we do. We're voting for the various shows that we do. Coming up in February, we will be doing a show on 1984. People are going to vote on their favorite albums from that year, and they'll submit their favorite song per album, which will then also make into a playlist to give people the ultimate 1984 playlist and join us. Won't you again for as little as $2 a month, it's patreon.com forward slash signals from Mars, or you can go to signals from Mars.com go to follow, which you'll find at the top and you'll find all the various places where you can follow the live stream or the podcast. You can subscribe to either or, Uh, You could watch it live as it takes place most Fridays, 5 p.m. Eastern. I almost said 6 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, no way. (laughs) 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. in the UK, and 11 p.m. Central European time zone. And you could watch live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter. And again, if you go to follow from the top of the page, you'll see all the cool places where you could follow the show. Uh, So recently, I added Mastodon, which is not the band, the quote-unquote Twitter alternative on social media. You can follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, which I need to kind of give a little bit more love to, Reddit, Telegram, and Mastodon. Follow us anywhere there and there's actually a linkedin as well so i need to add that to the website so maybe the next time you visit you'll see that but uh with the podcast version pretty much anywhere apple podcast spotify google Podcasts, amazon tune in iheart pandora stitcher player fm ghana geo savan deezer podcast in- index Podchaser. Blueberry, or you could just follow the RSS feed. Uh, You could also, um, I guess I mentioned all this good stuff. You can also check us out on Trivia Tuesday, which is exclusively on Twitch. The only reason that is it is exclusively on Twitch is because that allows me the platform where people can actually hop on, answer questions. It's simple, cut and dry. It tallies points. And I really don't have to do much more than set up questions and set up um, some silly sound effects, which uh, I have going for me. 
during these episodes. So, for example, I could do something like uh, an Ace Freely laugh. I can give you guys. Um, it's a lot of other stuff. Hello, Spider. Anyway, you guys get the get my point. Trivia Tuesday. Uh, we get eh, around four or five people. It's growing. Maybe we'll have around six next week. Should be cool. Join us. That is at six p.m. Eastern, uh, three p.m. Pacific. And that is 11 p.m. UK, midnight, Central European time zone. I may be switching that to an hour earlier. It all depends how things work out, but we'll see. Examining that. And uh, real quickly, just want to give a shout out to my patrons. Thank you for all their support. Like I mentioned, Sean Richmond, newest patron, Chris Sinzak, Decibel Geek, and Tony Espin. We have Gene Eugene DX, Anthony Mackey, Ed Ferguson, Johan Edstrom. We have Metal Dan, Jose in Connecticut, Chris Vaglio from the Song Swap, Song Swap Showdown podcast. Uh, we have the Metal Dentist, Gabriel Ruiz, I spoke to earlier today. We have Brad Dahl, Mr. Yargmetal.com. We have Mike Jones. We have Mr. Patron's pick, Jeremy Weltman. We have the Hokenator, Steve Hoker, who recently celebrated a birthday. And we have Steven Saylor. Thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, it means a great deal to me. And thank you to you guys for listening to this episode. It, I mean, it still blows me away that 13 years later, uh, people still like to listen to me yammer away. And I appreciate it. And people like to come here. Sean mentioned that what he liked the most was these patron episodes. He loved hearing the interaction and the possibility of joining in and giving his two cents. So if you join us, the floor is yours. Let your voice be heard. In any event, thanks once again. As I like to say, there's a million other things you could do or listen to or watch. But you choose to be here, and that means a great deal to me. Thank you once again, and let's get on with the show, folks. Welcome, one and all, to the January 20th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. Uh, I am joined by Jeremy in the UK, oh, over here, and Johan in Sweden. I look like uh, a priest or something, kind of <laughs> doing some religious shit here. Anyway, we have uh, Rob Rowe in the chat. Hello, Rob. Great to see you here. I hope you're doing well, sir, uh, we've got a few topics to talk about today. We've been kind of throwing ideas back and forth here. Um, Jeremy is always is is a fountain of uh, of inspiration with different topics. There's a few that he's sent, but um, right off the bat, let's uh, let's comment on the No Playback Festival. A festival that's coming up in Germany where they're not going to let any band use any sort of backing tracks. So this means no Kiss, no Def Leppard, no... By the time the festival happens, maybe no Pantera. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, you brought it up. What's your idea on this? Yeah, I've got a sort of a mixed reaction to it, really. Um, I think that I fully understand why they've done it. 
Um, there's a lot of uh, call out there for bands to play live, you know, and to play in the roar and let's hear how they can actually play live. Um, but I also understand that a lot of bands want to put on a proper show and make their sound quality, you know, the highest they can do. People are paying top dollar for, you know, for, for concerts these days and they want to hear a good show. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit on the fence, really. I, if I personally want to go to a show, you know, I, if I if I see a local band uh, in a pub or whatever, you know, I expect to see them live because obviously they're not going to be able to put on special effects or whatever and, and uh, backing tracks and all that sort of stuff. Um, but if I'm seeing a band in a, a theatre or, uh, you know, a big arena uh, where you know they've got to fill the sound and, the, you know, they've got to, they've got to um, project themselves, then, then I expect the fact that, you know, I'm going to hear, you know, some backing tracks um so you know I, I do sort of i'm quite ambivalent about it but um i i fully understand why they've done it um and it's up to the punter really what they want you know we'll see whether more fans go to that sort of show or whether they don't care <clears throat> good point johan what do you think um I think it's a, it's a fun idea, mm -hmm. uh, and I fully understand why they do it. Uh, I mean, the latest 10 or so years at Sweden Rock or any other concert, uh, you can, uh, you, you know, you can hear the bad track. We, who are, uh, you know, uh, people who, who are um, used to go to concerts, we... Uh, we hear and we see and we we know what we hear and see but mm -hmm. like a band like uh, um beast in black for example uh, that we had on the patreon page this week mm -hmm. i saw them at sweden rock this year the, it's a great band but i mean if you see them live to be honest 30 uh, percent is pre-recorded and they play right. it so uh, I fully understand the meaning of this uh, uh, festival, and uh, I mean, people do what they want, but uh, I like the idea. It's it's a uh, well, it's fun. It's not not a little bit nerdy. It's a big, you know. It's that's it's something for us to discuss at this forum, uh, but. Uh, uh, I don't think the big uh, the big masses won't care about it, but right. I think it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And what a great uh, you know in these days to find something new. Mm -hmm. This is good. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Brad, uh, just joining us now. The No Playback Festival. Um, what are, what's your thoughts on this? this is a festival that's going to be taking place in Germany where no backing tracks, no lip syncing, none of that will be allowed. The bands have to be 100% live. I love it. I think it's awesome. So good for them. I, I, yeah, I hope they stick to it. I, I think music should be live. I mean, yeah, if you got to enhance things here and there, whatever, but, um, I, yeah, live music is the best. Um, yeah, that's, that's I, cool. I, and I, I know San, Sanhedrin. They're on. They're on the marquee there, right? Are are they? Are they playing that festival? Let's come on, Jeremy. Help me out here. You're the you're the big Sanhedrin. I don't fan. know if they're playing yeah. there. I'm not sure. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought I saw them on the list. Oh well, but I do have to say I listened to their album today and I really liked it. So thank you, Jeremy, for suggesting that. <laughs> Great shout out for those guys. Yeah, good good rock. All right, let me see this. Let's so see who? Can... Let's see. I know Ravens on the bill. Like, like, like they could possibly play with a click anyway. Um, <laughs> who else? Who else is on the bill? Let's see. I'm trying to pull this up, and my browser keeps crashing on me. Oh, browsers! You got a lot of them. No playback. All right, I got it. So, Ross the Boss, Raven, Vicious Rumors, Holy Moses, Traitor, Crystal Viper, Sanhedrin, 
contradiction for the last time. <laughs> Active creation. Reset. No idea if I'm saying that right because I can't make out the letters. Savage existence. Uh, Tarchon fist. And hell patrol. So. Um, Judas Priest tribute band. Yeah, I don't know. Could be. Awesome. What, what about these bands and their logos that you can't read? <laughs> There's only a couple in this one. Yeah, well, usually th- those are usually black metal bands that do that. But um, that, Savage Existence, wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a fiasco there. Okay. <laughs> Hello to I Bill see. Elam in the chat. Um, so this is my take on it. As, as someone who has played in bands uh, over the years, I get the whole thing of playing live, why some people want this. Uh, I think there is a fine line, though, between entertainment and, you know, needing to prove how much of a musician you are. There's, I mean, I, I don't know if to a point, um, I don't know if you'd consider this gatekeeping, if you will. But um, my my whole thing here is, you know, there there are certain bands that I get need certain assistance. Uh, I don't like a band. I, when I see a band live, I don't want to hear the album. I don't want to hear it sound exactly like the album. I want to hear mistakes. I want to hear things that don't go right. But at the same time, you know, I've played with bands and have um, – and had sounds that I've triggered while I was playing, you know? Um, so you'd love Ingve then because th- there's lots of uh, mistakes and live and yeah, none of it sounds planned. But, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole thing, you know, that, that, that's what it kind of comes back to. in in my opinion, do, do you want to go see a show where the singer Shouldn't be anywhere. Well, let me put it to you this way. Perfect example. We've had Chris from Decibel Geek on here talk about this several times. Paul Stanley, they decided to play Making Love Live in Japan, and it sounded like absolute shit because they didn't pre-record the vocals. So once they went back to the pre-recorded vocals on the other tracks, then he finally sounded good. Do you, do you want to spend a hundred, a hundred dollars, a hundred euros, go to a show and then have a singer that just sounds totally horrible? No, that's why they shouldn't perform if they're awful. But, okay. but you I still, mean, I, I've heard Don Dawkins talk about this, why he still tours. I mean, he's, he's under no illusion that he can still sing. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you want to, yeah, if you, as long as you go in knowing that's what you're going to get, then, then fine. I, I would much rather that, uh, actually, I'd, rather, I'd much rather Don get healthy uh, than go out there and look like he's about to die and sound like he's about to die. I, I, love, I love those guys, man. I, I, yeah, I, I don't want it recorded. I want, I want the band to either be good or not play. So you would prefer to see those songs die forever than ever hear them live again? Well, somebody will play them. Who? George Lynch, George Lynch will play those Dawkins songs. But, but George, um, all right. So George. Is, I don't know how many Kiss tribute bands there are. There's plenty of them. All right. Um, but, but other bands that aren't Kiss, that aren't Dawkins, bands that were, you know, that big, you know. Do you want? I'm I'm trying to think of an example. Um, give, me, give me an example, then I'll I'll weigh in. Okay, let's go Deep Purple. They're old, and I doubt they're using any backing tracks. And Ian Gillen ain't what he used to be. Um, now somebody here's seen him recently, haven't they? Anybody? Jeremy, haven't you seen Deep Purple? In the it's, last no, it's quite months? quite a while since I last saw them. Probably more than ten years ago. Yeah. Okay. But, 
But what I was going to chip in just with something because um, the problem is that we don't know how much of it is live and how much of it is um, assisted, and that's that's a big problem. Right. I mean, you just mentioned Brad that you you sort of you know you're assuming that some bands don't do it and and others do and and that sort of thing, and and you know we we really need to know which bands are because i want to know when i'm seeing a band live whether it's authentic you know if i go and see kiss live which i did uh, a couple of you know two or three times now i'm thinking you know i probably didn't see a live band just playing live because we now now know that they were you know performing along to the backing tracks and and i want to know whether the all the other bands that i've seen you know were, were they actually live well Perfect example, Def Leppard. How many times have you seen Def Leppard? Yeah, well, at least twice, three times, maybe. Okay. They, uh, they claim, by the way, they claim they use no backing tracks. I've yeah, heard that's, 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 of the but, but they definitely do because I've been to their show and I know that it sounds too perfect to be to be live. So to, me, to me, that's worse. I mean, if if you're not going to say, yeah, we we got help, um, and be honest about it, as Jeremy is talking about. Then uh, I mean to to claim that you're all 100 live and you're not that's that's messed up. Def mm. Leppard Def Leppard has been using backing tapes since Hysteria. Right. Think about when that came out. Okay. So they've always used tracks for the backing vocals because there's no way that Joe Elliott, who has a hard enough time singing on his own is doing those six layered vocals behind him uh, that are on the album because you see Def Leppard live and those choruses are exactly the same as they are um, on the albums. So Billy, uh, yeah, I saw just deep want to ship about- in here that, uh, uh, if a band uses backing tracks like Def Leppard, they are, I can like backing tracks uh, because they do it good. But if a band do it like any random power metal uh, act, they doing it bad. I mean, Def Leppard, they are, I mean, they, they it sounds like Def Leppard. They, it's, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's in the sound, but, but if you go to a, a festival at Swin Rock, like, like Swin Rock, uh, and you hear those random uh, power metal acts, you can absolutely hear uh, a, a very, uh, it's very significant that it's backing tracks because there's no presence at the stage for a keyboard or whatever. But so I'm not against backing tracks, but if they use it professional, hey, do it. Well, to your point to having people off stage, Def Leppard has Steve Harris's tech playing keyboards off stage. Uh Um, There's... For years, they've talked about different people playing uh, guitar for Kiss off stage while Paul Stanley is jumping around and, and doing stuff like that. Um, and there, there are more bands like that. That's a whole other discussion, though, about these bands who have toured with people playing oh. instruments off stage. I, I, I'm not a fan of that at all. I well, like. I want everybody out there. Bring them out. I've, I've been to shows where they'll bring out the guitar tech and say, "Hey, this is our guitar tech. He's going to mm-hmm. play on this song with us." Yeah, I'm, well, I'm cool with that. Yeah. What What about Robert Mason or Woodfield Crane of Ugly Kid Joe doing full Ozzy concerts as Ozzy? Yeah. I, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> so You're I. I think, honestly, I think that's worse than running tapes. I agree. Because if you're running tapes, and and yes, I I get that Paul Stanley's voice is absolute shit without it, uh, unfortunately. 
but like with Def Leppard, for example, it's a big show. It's a big production. So you, uh, again, I don't want it to sound exactly like the album, but I get why they do that with the backing tracks. Now, a band like Santa Cruz that we talked about a few weeks ago, the, the, the singer gets caught not singing, and then he comes out and he says, oh, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I'm not really lip syncing because I'm singing and I have an octave above and an octave below that's recorded and I sing to that. I'm like, what are you talking about? You you can literally shut your mouth and just do the show with those tracks going. That's asinine. That to me is worse. Well, my biggest issue with Kiss doing it is is saying that they're not doing it. Hmm. You know, Um, if you're going to do it, you get caught. Say it. I'll say it a million times. I saw fucking Dragon Force, (laughs) the, the, the masters of the million note solos, not playing on stage. It was all recorded. So like as you, as as you were saying, Johan, the song had finished and they were still playing their instruments. So that's, that's- I, I think most of the big bands now do it. So I think they should just all fess up and say we use enhancements. It enhances what you what you watch. Uh, you know, you're paying a lot of money for it, so we want you, we want it to sound great, and that's fine. You know, if we, if we know about it, we'll still go and see them live. They're still playing along to it, mm. um, and you know, you're hearing all the the great songs that you want to hear. You're having a great night out. It's fine. Do mm. you honestly think that Metallica is? Uh... Yeah, yeah. They you they do? do enhancements. I've seen Metallica several times, and I th- I would say that they use enhancements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah. wouldn't you think the first thing they would fix is Lars's drumming? Yeah, they might uh-huh. do. But, but what I'm oh. saying is that they they do some sort of enhancements to to make it sound better. Like like what? What do you think they do? I think probably they play they probably play along to guitar tracks a little bit. They probably. Um, they they probably yeah that, uh, maybe just that but that there's definitely something there's definitely something there. Okay. It's not just I, them. It's not just the not just those guys no, no. on stage yeah, that yeah. night playing the music. I can guarantee okay. it. Okay, I will play devil's advocate with that, and I will <laughs> okay. tell you. I will tell you why. Okay. Okay. Sad but true. Sad but true. The studio version has five guitar parts going the live version whenever you hear them play it live there's a lot that's missing in that song okay being one of their big hits if they Uh, were to fill a song out uh, that would be the one my the reason why i say it was i saw them in the round so i saw them where they were not playing together you know they were they were playing all in different parts of the of the stage and they weren't looking at each other and they weren't connecting with each other. And yet the songs were perfect. And I felt then that there was something not quite right. Uh Maybe that's what drove what I just said, you know, in terms of thinking that they use some backing. Uh, I will, I will tell you why I think that they were probably still playing live. Okay. Uh, come on, Jeremy's going to get um, this out your mouth. Come on. <laughs> All right, Anthony, we can see you now. Hey, Anthony. Wait, can, I, can I take a second? That's I got to say hi to Bob. I see Bob's in the chat. So, Bob Rowe. Yeah. Man, good. Good to see you, dude. Love you, brother. Um. So here's here's the thing, Jeremy. This is why I do think that. Even when they're in the round, you play those songs so much that after a while you just get so used to it. And and I'll tell you this, when I was doing the Misfits tribute shows before those shows, we were doing the entire set list three or four times straight. And those are a bunch of nobodies (laughs) that are up in the hills in Spain somewhere. Uh, um, a band like Metallica that only has to play music, has their own studio, has 
can rent an airplane hangar or an arena to to do these shows. Um, they're probably practicing that set list or the bulk of the set list for months before they even get out there. So, and then once the, once they get to uh, to where you are. They're like, we can't make this look bad because if not, Jeremy's going to go out and tell everyone <laughs> that we were cheating. So I think they purposely <laughs> made sure that download yeah, was maybe. in the middle so that, you know, or download they couldn't have done in the round. But um, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe you. I, I just think some of, the, some of these bands, and this is why bands like Kiss and Ozzy and all these, just play the same songs over and over again because you play these songs so damn much that you can literally play them with your eyes closed. You know, um, that, and that's the, the other thing with Metallica is since they change shit up so often, I, I would, I would think that it would lean more towards they don't do it. And also if you check out any of their, the live recordings, they, they put up online. There's a whole hell of a lot of mistakes in there. So, and a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, James being off key singing. So, um, either way, thank you, Jeremy, for the topic, because this is, uh, as usual, we evolve, we take it in other directions and, um, people that are listening to this later on, Give us feedback. Let us know. What do you prefer? Do you want bands to tell you, hey, you're coming tonight because um, be, because we want to make the show better? We're going to be using enhancements. Do you want to hear that? Or under no circumstances, do you want them to do anything outside of play live? Let us know. Um, next topic that Jeremy brought up was... Um, Actually, you brought up two more. Uh, since we're talking about Metallica, real quickly here, uh, Screaming Suicide. Did you guys all get to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Johan, who has been the most critical of the band, um, what do you think of the track? Are you still liking this track? How do you feel in comparison to the um, Lux Eterna track? Is it as good? Is it better? Um, is it worse? What do you think? Uh, I think it's uh, better. Okay. I re- I, yeah. I, I really like this track. It's, uh, I listened to it perhaps five times today. Right. And um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, wow. Classic, uh, good heavy metal uh i i mean i really like it and as ed said in the patreon page it's uh sounds like uh it's so hard to me i think in swedish but i want to say it in english but uh hard way to destruct that Mm -hmm. album right this is the the uh, the, the follow-up what comes yeah, after yeah but with better songs and more okay. simple okay yeah it's it's absolutely more simple it's kind of like you know it's good old heavy metal uh, and i this song i really like uh better than the last one and the last one was good so yeah looking forward to the album and uh to the concert this summer which I bought tickets to today. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, Brad, what do you think of the track? I, I like it. I like it a lot. And, and as you know, I'm, I'm not a big Metallica fan, not because I don't like them. It's just, I don't know why. I just felt like it was always being forced down my throat. So um, I, I like it. I, I, I like both singles. Uh, I can't say I like one better than the other at this point, but I, I'm definitely this. Who knows? This might be the first Metallica album I buy. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Jeremy, your thoughts on the track? Yeah, well, I actually pre-ordered the album 
um, just before Christmas. So I was glad that I liked the tracks because otherwise I was going to be feeling a little bit foolish that I'd that pre-ordered it. I mean, I, I this new one I think is very much like Hardwired. Um, so I think that it's, it follows on from that album really well. I really love the riff on it. I think it's a little bit different to Hardwired, whereas the, the, the main sort of thrust of the song is similar. Um, obviously, it's not uh, promoting suicide. We should, we should mention that. It's promoting people not to do, uh, right. not to take suicide. So that's uh, one thing we should mention. Um, but I, I, um, I really like it. it. It also mentions cyanide in it. So it's kind of got the suicide and cyanide, which were on the Death Magnetic album. Right. Um, so it's almost got that sort of death magnetic feel to it as well. Um, I like both of the tracks that have been released. The first one was very much like Diamond Head. Um, and we know that this is um, supposed to be an album that goes back into the sort of the history and, you know, the, the sort of is a bit of looking back and, you know, um, the formative years as well. Um, I think it's, it's, it's thrash metal, but it's it's less thrash. It's more sort of classic rock style um, as well, which I think Johan just mentioned. So yeah, I'm liking it so far. I think both tracks are really good, and you know, it made me want to listen to them several times. And that's not always the case with Metallica. Sometimes you know, you you hear them and then you think, oh, I'll put that down for a while, and I won't listen to it for a little while. But I I actually did play this track three times. Yeah, interesting point that Johan brought up is that the songs are shorter and to the point uh, where I think especially with Hardwired, there were a lot of songs that turned me off because they just felt like they went on forever. Like there was no need for extended solos or extended things that you know, just prolong something that would have been great at like four or five minutes. The first song, Lux Eternal, was three minutes. This one is five minutes long. Um, there's hope in the world that maybe somewhere. <laughs> I know where this is going. I know where this is going. Somewhere Rod Smallwood and Steve Harris are paying that's, attention. That's exactly <laughs> where it's going. <laughs> and they're thinking, hey, what? You mean we can release some Iron Maiden songs that are four and five minutes long and just uh, come to the point? I, I got to tell you something. It was, uh, I think it was the day before yesterday when we went skiing on the way back. Uh, Senjetsu came, the, the song Senjetsu came on. And I'm like, holy crap, this is eight minutes of the same thing over and over and over and over. And even the guitar solos were like unmemorable. And uh, and I liked the song and I thought, guy, if this lasted only five, four or five minutes tops, it would actually be a great song. But eight minutes is ridiculous. Mm. There's a lot of that album and a lot of Hardwired that I feel that way. I think Hardwired, for example, the first six songs are really good. Yeah. And then once you get past, um, um, Halo on Fire, I think it's called. I think after you get past that song, like everything else is just kind of too long and just kind of not not interesting enough for me personally. I know that there are people that absolutely love it and feel the opposite of what I do with Death Magnetic. I think Death Magnetic, if the sound wasn't brick walled. I think a lot more people would would love it. I think if it if that album had the treatment that these new songs have sonically, I think people would would instantly throw that album up there with you know the first four albums. Uh, but is what it is. Late late in the game, a lot of people um, at this point just go out and even with the new songs i've already been reading all types of hate online for them but you know whatever if you don't like this there's a million other you know extreme metal songs that you can listen to with 500 beats per minute that that you can enjoy that's all i'm going to say about that um all right next point here we've been reading the last few months at this point in time uh this whole shitstorm that's been going on with Journey. Uh, with everything that's been going back and forth between Jonathan Kane and, and Neil Sean, 
they have management now. They were going to bring back uh, Greg Raleigh. Then for like two days there, it seemed like they were going to bring back Steve Perry. Then, you know, there's this whole big thing that's been going on with them specifically. But what do you guys think about bands that air their dirty laundry in the press as opposed to doing it behind closed doors. Brad, what's your opinion on this? Do you think that's a good thing? Uh, do you want to know all these, you know, behind the scene meeting type things that historically you never found out about? Do you wish that you would no longer hurt, you know, that you weren't up to speed with all this stuff? Or are you cool with finding out, you know, about people's wives and, and things like that? Um, I'm okay not knowing. Um, I, I kind of, you know, bet later when you read the book, then it's kind of cool to find out all these things that were going on. Right. I mean, it's like a, a good example of this is uh, K.K. Downing in his book uh, and all the problems with him and Glenn. It's like, do I really, does, does this make me feel interested or good about the band? No, not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of, it kind of makes me feel a little bit worse about the band. Uh, Journey, I don't know. Well, I think I've talked way too much about Journey on this uh, wonderful show. Not this one today, but other previous previous ones. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out there. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah. Come on, guys. Okay. Johan, what do you think? Do, do you want to know all these details? Like Brad said, when you read some of this stuff in the books, does it make you, does it, I don't know if like a band less, but does it make you question people as human beings that maybe they aren't good people? Oh, I would like to hear uh, Brad's uh, opinion about Journey because I probably must have missed it, but uh, uh, to be honest, uh, to hear what people in their 60s and 70s are arguing arguing about is... uh, not interesting for me. I've seen the headlines and I, I don't click on it. I don't read it. Uh, but that's a strange thing, perhaps. But I like to hear what happened in the you know late 70s and 80s. Uh, right. Because those times are more mystical. But uh, what to do now? Uh, no. But... but <laughs> What they did before, yes, that's probably a strange thing to say, but I think uh, a lot of people in in this hard rock and metal community agree with me. Yeah. I I think that there's more people on your side with that than you think, because with that time period, we didn't have all the information that we have today. So there's a lot of urban legends. There's a lot of mystique to what happened, different tours, different songs, you know, different things in general about these bands that we don't know about that. We read, you know, figure this when we got magazines back in the day, most of those stories were already two to three months old. So between they were written up between when they were approved between them, when they were printed, So in the summer, when you were hearing about a specific story, yeah, that had happened at the beginning of the year around Christmas, you know? So there's a lot of time there that you didn't know anything about. And maybe there was one or two stories that you'd heard about, but then all of a sudden now it's, it's different. We can find out what the artist is doing every second of the day. And on top of it, if it's them crapping on each other, then it's kind of, you know, it, it can diminish, I think, the way that you look at these people. Jeremy, you initially, you were the catalyst for, for this topic as well. Um, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think it diminishes the legacy of a band, really. I mean, take the Jenny example, and Brad's mentioned Judas Priest as well, which is a really good example. I mean, 
it's really tarnishing the brand. Uh, Journey are one of the biggest, if not the biggest, AOR bands going. Everybody's heard Journey songs. You know, I still love to listen to them. Um, Neil Sean's a fantastic guitarist. Um, and, you know, the, the, the intricacies of the argument, you know, you can't take sides really because they both seem to have arguments on each side. I mean, I've heard that Neil Shutch and Jonathan Cain's been arguing about that. Uh, Neil Sean's arguing that Jonathan Cain doesn't, you know, have the rights to the band or whatever. And, you know, obviously his wife's a, a real Trump supporter and he's, he's got a beef about that as well. And, you know, there's various other arguments that are going on within the arguments. Um, and, you know, the same with KK, you know, you can see why, you know, you would take KK's side, but you can also see why you would take the the other the other members of Judas Priest and the management because you know he wrote the two letters and at the end of the day it's really um rubbing the band into the dirt and, and it's not putting you know the band's best um motives forward you know i mean we right. all we really want is the music we don't want all these all this crap that's that's attached to it i mean we've heard it with Guns N' Roses before in the past and various other bands and often it splits up you know bands and and you know often the music um goes downhill after that sort of thing as well so um it's a real problem do we like to hear sometimes we like the tittle tattle you know it's something to talk about we're, we're talking about it now but mm. at the end of the day you know what we want is for all the band members just to get on and play the music because when they're getting on together they you know they're creative and they're they're on the on the game and you know that's what we want to hear and at the end of the day, we just want to hear the music. We don't want to. We don't want anything else. Yeah, that's the, that's a good point too. Uh, I think with a lot of these books, uh, for example, I've read the Ace Frehley book, the Peter Chris book, the Paul Stanley book, and by that time, I have a few Gene Simmons books. But I just, after reading three or four members just complain and crap on each other, and it just makes you think. How how have I loved these guys all these years, you know, as musicians? Because they seem like pretty shitty people. You know, you read The Dirt by Motley Crue, and I'm thinking, these guys are a bunch of scumbags. <laughs> you know, it's instead of thinking, you know, oh, how cool this is or how cool that is, I'm thinking, wow, they've done a lot of shitty things to a lot of shitty people. And then and then when you um when you find out more stories behind the scenes, um, Bob Nalbandian would tell me all these stories about Motley Crue and about how a lot of their stuff was just made up. Like the people that really knew them back in the day, outside of Brad and his friend that dumped soda on Tommy Lee's head, um, call them the, the comic book band because a lot of the, the shit that they did was all made up, was all made up in the press to kind of further their image when, you know, they were saying that most of the um, stuff that you were reading wasn't true. I'll, I'll always go back to uh, John Bush telling me when I asked him about the story in the dirt about Joey Vera and the story about uh, Phil Sandoval in Dave Mustaine's book where he, he said yeah, those are interesting takes on on those stories, but it isn't exactly what happened. So the, the Tommy Lee version of the uh, Joey Vera story goes as far as to say that they were on a motorcycle when they were in a car when that happened. So, you know, just nuttiness. But uh, anyway, uh, Anthony Espin... Uh, is saying, I don't know if it's true, but I read Sean's son is married to Kane's daughter. I'll take I'll take that. OK, Brad. It's actually Steve Lukather's son who just married uh, John Kane's daughter. That okay. was like a month or so ago. So his name's Trev Lukather. So. OK. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Neil Sean. I don't know. He's got to have kids, doesn't he? He's had a few wives. I would I would I would assume few different hairstyles, a few wives, a bunch of guitars, you know. Yeah. One would think so. Yeah, you know, you kind of wonder about these guys. Like, Neil Sean, he seems like a decent dude. Um, he's a fantastic guitar player. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, he's had a lot of projects and not 
a lot of people want to go running back to him. You know, I, yeah. Yeah. It makes you wonder when bands, when bands can't keep people together, it just makes it look like there's, there's some kind of problem. How, yeah. And, and even within journey, how many members has journey had over the years? Well, they got like 10 people on stage right now. It's kind of like Santana. Well, which is where he came from. When, yeah. Which is where Greg Raleigh came from. And, you know, exactly. the, the original journey was essentially all the guys that were in Santana's band that I guess weren't getting paid or whatever and wanted to form their own band. So, yeah, that's that's true. I, um, except for the bass player. I don't think he was in Santana. Well, of course, the drummer Ainsley Dunbar wasn't in Santana. But yeah, Neil, Neil Sean and uh, Greg Raleigh both came from Santana and they were the bulk of Journey. I, yeah, I think there was a third guy, though, that was that was in Santana. Hmm. I could be uh, wrong. I'm not a big Journey or Santana fan. Anthony, well, we're still we're still seeing you in black. Can, can we hear Anthony? Can you, Anthony? Can you say something? No, I guess not. Oh, bummer. As I yeah. say, at least we could get Anthony's uh, input here. But hmm. back in black, there you go. Or Spinal Tap. Yeah, can't hear anything. Yeah, these le- recent events with um, with Restream make me, uh, you know, scratch my head as to why I re-upped with them. But uh, anyway, yeah. um, Anthony, no problem. So many members, so many intertwined things. Oh, yeah. No, so, that's, uh, I'm, it's good to see Anthony here. So absolutely. you need to jump. You need to get on the screen here, Anthony, and let's hear you. That's I've been trying to encourage him. You can do it, man. You can do it. We'd love to meet you. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay. So there was another thing that took place this week. I saw, I saw the clip and instantly got pissed off, uh, you know, because it's easy to get me um, all fired up. But, Are you kidding? Um, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> um, the Graham Norton show in the UK where Margot Robbie, who has spoken about over the years about being a big fan of Metallica and Slipknot and metal music in general, uh, Kate Blanchett came out and had some very condescending remarks towards her when she said this. Say, well, do you like monster truck rallies and, and stuff like that as well? And Margot Robbie doubled down and said, no, no, I really still like this kind of music i still go to concerts so um why is there still a stigma with people when it comes to this form of music uh i don't see people ever say oh no no you know um listening to hip-hop or rap that's just a phase listening to classical music that's just a phase Listening to pop music is just a phase. But for whatever reason, various types of hard rock or metal music, various types of rock-based music, oh, no, no, that's just a phase. Why is it that this music that we love, people think that it's just a phase? I, I don't get that. You know, to me, outside of that, the the condescending remark that she made is kind of like saying, oh, no, well, you being in a Thor movie was shit because it was all CGI while I enjoy that movie and enjoy those types of movies. It, to me, it's just as ignorant as someone who will just push aside a style of any style of entertainment just because they don't appreciate it. I have no issue with people preferring to see the piano instead of a Marvel movie, but I won't sit through that through a three hour drama. <laughs> I'd prefer to be entertained me personally. So it's kind of the same with metal. You like it. Okay, great. You don't. All right, then move on. Don't shit on it. You know, that's my opinion. You like what you like and that's it. Uh, Jeremy, um, did, 
did you see this? Did, did you see the comments online or did do you ever follow this show to happen to actually see it? I have seen the show in the past, but I hadn't actually seen this particular episode, so I've not been aware of it. Um, in answer to your question, why um, why that might happen, I think that from an outsider's point of view, heavy metal and hard rock uh, is seen as quite extreme um, by you know the, the the sort of the mainstream. Um, I think it's seen as sometimes anti-religious, which it isn't. I think it's seen as, you know, almost devil worshipping people, um, which we know right. we're not. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm talking of it from, you know, people who are outside the, the genre and looking in. Um, I think people see it as, as people who like fighting, uh, like, uh, you know, they're, they're just rebels, people who grow their hair long, um, people who um, are not to be uh, encouraged in life. And that's why, you know, I'm just see, sort of saying it as a, you know, I think I understand it from, from their point of view and that they don't yeah. really understand it um, from our, our point of view and, and how important it is and, and how interesting it is and how the people who are involved in it are, uh, are interesting and, and, um, all that, all that sort of aspect. So I think they, f they find difficulty with it. Um, that's probably all I have to say on it really. Um, I think they're wrong obviously because we, we, we all think that, <laughs> um, but I, I can see it from, their point of view and i also think there's also that there's a little bit of jokiness to the music that we like i mean they they sort of understand bands like the darkness um who mm -hmm. take the piss out of the music that we like uh you know so whatever you think of the darkness i quite enjoy them really but but i think that they also um you know um they take the piss out of what we like. Um, they parody right. what they parody what we like, and I think that a lot of people from outside think that what we like is a bit of a joke. Mm -hmm. Okay, Johan, living in a country that celebrates metal music, has it on the radio, has plenty of festivals, so on and so forth. Are there people in Sweden with this type of mentality that they look down on people that like? metal music uh, <laughs> no no i don't think so i saw that uh, headline that you are referring to but uh, no uh, sweden is it's not a very religious country speaking of that term uh, and i mean hard rock and metal is i mean no it's not a that's not, it's not the thing. Uh, you can't make a headline in Sweden about uh, anything about hard rock and metal these days. Mm -hmm. It's it's common music. Uh, but that was a good headline for our kind of music because it's <laughs> it's made something. We talk about it here, right? Uh, so uh, no. Uh, sorry to say, uh, <laughs> nothing. Uh, heavy metal is, if you make a satanic thing in Sweden, it's it's nothing because people don't care. We are, it's not a religious country at all. So that's how it is nowadays. It was a big difference in the 80s when mm -hmm. Wasp came here. <laughs> uh, and made their show. That was a big thing. And I, I mean, that was... Can you, can you tell us about that? What, what happened when Wasp came there? Oh, when Wasp came here, uh, they had a, this show, you know, where they had this girl on stage. And back then, Swedish television, uh, we only had two channels. So it was state television. And... Uh, uh, it was a you know enormously big thing about Wasp uh, because they came here and they had this show and it was on the Swedish national television. How can we have Wasp here? Uh, and of course they sold <laughs> very much records here. 
because of that. So that's that's where that's a classic in Swedish television. They you know they still uh, uh, show that uh, thing nowadays, and we have it on. You know we laugh about it. So uh, uh, no, it's. Uh, Heavy metal, hard rock is is a, is a part of Sweden and uh, Swedish tradition nowadays. So, yeah, it can't okay. happen here again. Yeah, Brad, your your opinion on this? I um, here's what I think is worse: people who wear um, a Metallica T-shirt, an ACDC T-shirt, and they don't own one of the albums. That's worse. <laughs> okay i'm i'm 100 you with you victor it's like you know you like what you like i don't i don't think so less of somebody because of what they enjoy music right. or food uh, to me music's like food if you like something you like something if you don't like it you don't like it mm-hmm. although you know the yeah i'll mock some people for not liking something i think is pretty <laughs> awesome it's, it's all it's all good natured right yeah, okay. I, 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 guess, I guess the good thing is, uh, like Johan said, the, the headline, it, it brought our music into the headlines. That's a good thing. Anything that'll get metal uh, attention is, is a good thing. Um, so yeah, there, yeah, there were a lot of people that jumped on Kate Blanchett on social media saying how, you know, condescending she is and how, you know, what a dumb way of looking at things that don't, that doesn't she realize that a lot of, you know, smart people over the years have professed to loving this kind of music that it, you know, doesn't really, it doesn't equate to, uh, oh, the only people that like metal music are dumb people type of a thing. Well, I, I do have to say this in that kind of gives a little bit of the image of that. Uh, back in the uh, old days when I used to listen to Eddie Trunk, um, mm-hmm. his early uh, XM days, uh, <laughs> Every time he'd have a caller call in, it sounded like just a total and complete dumbass. I mean, they would just ask the stupidest things, make the stupidest comments. And, of course, it drove Eddie insane. And I'm, I just I kept thinking, you know, this is the, these are the people who like this music, listen to this show. They're, they're embarrassing us. They really are. They're, they, I don't think they're representative of us. And when I say I, everybody, I say this. And uh, everybody on the screen right now. I will say this. A lot of those call-ins on any radio station in the U.S., a lot of them are setups. They're people that – they're interns in the back room that are being told to call up and, and say specific shit. So it's possible that that was somebody that was geared to call up and and say that and get him all riled up, so – yeah, I, th- I think back then he did, he couldn't afford. Well, he had, he had an intern, but uh, he it was pretty uh, light duty on that show. So yeah, but yeah, I, so I'm going to challenge all of you metal fans out there. You know, don't don't make us look bad. <laughs> there you go. Be smart about things. Let's all let's let's all, let's all show people that actually metal attracts the smartest people on this planet. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Um, we have. Uh, Anthony trying to get back in as we're about to close things up here. <laughs> I'd love to hear from Anthony. His, his, uh, his mic and his camera isn't working, but uh, we'll try next time with him. Uh, I do want to thank Jeremy, Johan, and Brad for chiming in tonight. It is always fun to talk to you guys. I mentioned this on the latest podcast episode. It's always a highlight of the week when we hook up. And we talk some music here. We talk some metal, as some would say. Um, Thank you, Jeremy, for submitting a bunch of great topics to talk about. And again, thank you, Johan and Brad, for um, joining us and talking about these great topics. So uh, on that note, we are going to be wrapping the show up. Thank you to Rob Rowe and Tony Espin, Bill Elam, who all joined us in the chat. Uh, If you do want to join us on stage, per se, 
and talk about these great topics, just join us on Patreon. You can do so for as little as $2 a month. Patreon.com forward slash Signals from Mars. If not, go to SignalsFromMars.com. Go to the follow tab at the top and just um, find the various social media platforms where you can follow and like us, where you can help spread the word, uh, where you can follow the podcast, live stream, so on and so forth. Uh, On that note, once again, we bring the show to a close. And as I like to say, there's a million other things you could listen to, and it means a lot that you're here watching or listening to this show. With that, finally, (laughs) thank you for being here on Signals from Mars. We'll see you next time, folks. See you. to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 